and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Tim Thompson and I'm joined as always by Mr. MC. That would be me. How are you? I'm well. Great. You? Just get that little admin cool. out the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and welcome back to Tomorrow Eastern Season 4, Episode 6, Baby Blues Part 2. Mm. What happened last time, MC? Well, uh, the B&B, the Tokyo Memorial <laughs> Bread and Breakfast is Finally open for bra- for breakfast for for business and well, breakfast. A free breakfast. <laughs> well, a free meal. Yeah, the exact meal was not specified. <laughs> so, despite this incredible marketing tactic <laughs> of offering a free meal, they're in the yellow pages. They handed out some flyers or something. Despite that, there weren't crowds of people knocking down the door at the second that they opened, which surprised them. Well, there wasn't people, MC. No. Uh, instead, there were the uh, the Shrek demons, whatever they're called. <laughs> well, Shrek is the priest warrior. Yes. Non, not warrior, clan, priest, man, yeah. demon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Who yes. famously yeah. <laughs> smeared shit <laughs> over a picture of Amy. It sure did. Because <laughs> it's his master. <laughs> to shit on pictures of infants. Uh, so yeah, that. Um, the the demons, of course, had stone masks and metal armour, which was pretty much useless. Uh, they attacked the bed and breakfast. They were fought off, as demons often are, mm-hmm. when they attack bed and breakfast. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, and uh, we caught a glimpse of MC's dark side Ooh. as he uh, t- took the, the, the stone mask off the demon to reveal this bizarre demon-human hybrid. Oh, yeah. A body of a demon, the face of a human, and MC tortured this t- tortured being <laughs> for information, um, and then killed it at the end. It was a bit grim, wasn't it? It was a bit. Um, so yes, is this uh, the start of MC turning evil? Is MC gonna brood? Is MC gonna start hating central heating? <laughs> Will MC get his own spin-off? <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. It's Baby Blues Part 2. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Tonight is the night. The hour is upon us. The moment you have all been waiting for is here. Shirak didn't even know if the warriors understood him, but he carried on in any case. You know your orders. They have been sent to you by the higher powers via me. Should you fail in your mission, you will have forfeited your path to glory, and our clan will never see fit to call you brothers again. Now go! Shirak smiled proudly. As soon I'll be feasting on that baby's flesh. What the? MC said. Looks like we got some guests after all. A nervous Jay said. The welcome kind! Gav stepped away from the window, issuing for MC to have a look. Standing outside the B&B were ten or so figures. As Jay scooped the weapons back up, they both heard a large thud. It had come from MC's room. (gasps) Inside, they found two of the strange soldiers that attacked them outside, and they were standing over Amy's cot. Louise and Jay both fired, killing both warriors instantly. Both Jay and Gav had to look away as MC rammed the hammer down over the chisel, burying it in the warrior's knee. It screamed in pain. You were out of line! Gav calmly said. He and MC exchanged a stare. What's happened to you? Jay asked. Do you think that just because he looked human, I did something wrong? Again, there was silence between the group. The thought that their fearless leader would go the same way 
as his previous ninja companions was one that filled Louise and Jay with mortal dread. The thought that their fearless leader would go the same way as his previous ninja companions was one that filled Louise and Jay with mortal dread. They had seen the damage done by the three previous ninjas, but they'd always had someone in their corner to duke it out when the big battle came. What use would they be against MC? Or in general. <laughs> I like that their worry isn't that their friends are going to go evil and people might die. It's mm. that, well, we're not going to be able to do anything about it, are we? They're going to, he's going to hurt us. Normally we have someone to fight our battles for us. Gav changed the subject slightly. What are we going to do about them? He nodded towards the corpses. Call the morgue. We, <laughs> we, we said this in previous episodes. Yeah, just call the morgue. You've got a little thing going on there. Some sort of mutual beneficial mm-hmm. arrangement. All the corpses you want, guys. <laughs> we'll get rid of them, eventually. But for the moment, I don't think it's safe to be here. She's right. Jay said. Why don't we go down the pub like we originally planned? So their plan is just to leave the corpses in their brand spanking newly decorated B&B? I think their point is that they're worried about a second wave of demons coming or something like that. So they figure it's best just to get out of there physically. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. She's right. Jay said. Why don't we go down the pub like we originally planned? It'll be closing time soon. Gav mentioned. Wow, did, well, this was probably written when pubs closed at 11. Like all pubs <laughs> closed at 11. Yeah, I guess so. That seems like a long time ago, yeah, doesn't and it? you could smoke in pubs. Ew. Yeah. You could go to the pub and leave relatively early, smelling like cigarettes. <laughs> oh, the good old days. The days gone by. <laughs> How we long for those wistful summers. <laughs> okay, but where else are we going to go? Despite their time in London, the gang hadn't really made any contacts or discovered any places they could go to relieve themselves of the pressures of being supernatural fighters and working in the hotel business. <laughs> I like how it's in the same sentence, like, I mean, I know being a supernatural fighter is pretty stressful, what with the life and death and facing unimaginable horrors from beyond this mortal realm, but have you tried working in hospitality? And they haven't even got a business yet. There's no one in it. They've painted it a few times, a bunch of people have died there, and that's it. That's not a business. I know a place, Louise suddenly said. She had Gavin Jay's attention. The library! (laughs) (laughs) Hey kids, why go to the pub when you can go to the library? Do you remember the days when the libraries were open to 11pm and (laughs) you could smoke in them? (laughs) Jay let out a little whine as Gav spoke. But won't that be close too? Um, well, yeah, but I've kind of developed a knack of getting in after opening hours. Plus their section on the supernatural is surprisingly good for a public library. And it might be an idea to find out why we were attacked tonight and who by. Let's boogie, Gav said. (laughs) Oh, what an exciting evening they have (laughs) planned. How how has the library not realised they've been broken into several times at this point? And put in some sort of security measures like, well, they broke the window with a crowbar the first time, so we boarded it up. But then they used the same crowbar to ply the planks off the window and got in the same way again. So what we'll do is we'll just put those planks back up. Oh, no, they've got in again the same way. Should we get a security guard? Nah, it's not worth it. The planks will do the job. Nah. (laughs) Or maybe it's just like, maybe the library's so happy that people are just going there. Yeah. That they're like, I don't care. Just they want to come in after midnight. That's fine. Just don't. That's fine, just don't worry about it. The supernatural section is finally getting some people in. 
I don't think she's ever actually stolen anything. She might have taken a book back to the B&B, maybe. But I bet yeah. she returned it the next time Louise broke in. <laughs> the walk to Hyde Park from the B&B was around the half an hour mark, mainly because MC had broken into a speedy jog. <laughs> it's like running. <laughs> back in Tokyo, he would be speeding through the traffic now in his DeSoto to slay whatever evil threatened the general public. Don't start. Don't start. I do, I do Don't remember. Start. I'm not going to say it. No, no. Okay. But there was a thing about how MC could drive at like 150 <laughs> miles an hour without looking at the road because he's just so cool. Also, we did establish the previous episode that the demons are hidden underneath Hyde Park. Yes. They were hidden yeah. in Hyde Park. Hey. hey! I think I made that joke last time, but I'm making it again now because <laughs> it's still funny to me. Yeah. But times were different. MC was different, and he knew it. Is he evil different? Back then, he cared what lurked in the shadows and preyed on the innocent. Now, his head was full of protecting his daughter, and not much else. Amy was going to be someone special. Tifa had died for that, and he wasn't about to let her death be meaningless. So that's interesting, because there's a different... It kind of hints that he isn't going... Is he's kind of doing the ends justify the means kind of thing? Yeah. Like he's just so focused on protecting Amy, especially after Tita, Tifa died for it and everything. Her, I, think, I guess, rather than it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think we've touched upon this before yeah. as well. I think the gang is obviously worried because they've been burnt before by evil ninjas, mm. sometimes literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess they can kind of see a similar pattern. But maybe for MC, it is just about that. It's about my daughter now and nothing else. Yeah, yeah. The sword he had picked up on his way out of the B&B was concealed underneath his black leather jacket. He wasn't in the mood to draw police attention for carrying a blade that was a little over the three-inch legal mark. Four-inch sword. (laughs) What do you mean it's below average? Shut up! If he died without ever seeing another living person in a police uniform, he'd be a relatively happy man. Oh, I wonder if he's got some uh, associations with the police, with Tifa, and obviously the whole evil Tokyo police Yeah, I think that's the well. main thing. Yeah. yeah, I think if you've been burned by the police like that, then you, it's understandable you're not going to trust. It's somewhat relevant to today. Well, hey, Chip, blue lives matter. Uh. <sighs> the chances of another ancient evil power taking control of the local police squad was very unlikely. <laughs> doesn't need to be ancient. <laughs> The local police squad. <laughs> We're back to the local. They always fight against the local mafia. <laughs> oh, that would work so well. Oh, <laughs> it's like a, it's a bumbling village Bobby. Against the uh, mafia guys from the last episode of Chip. Oh, that'd be so good. Bert and Johnny? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'd, I'd watch that. Right, new spin-off coming soon. Previously on Local Bobby versus Local Mafia. <laughs> If he died without ever seeing another living person in a police uniform, he'd be a relatively happy man. The chances of another ancient evil power taking control of the local police squad were very unlikely, MC knew, but his trust had gone out of the window a long time ago. Eventually, he found his way to Hyde Park. During the day, it would be crawling with tourists, hippies campaigning against the latest war, (laughs) yuppies on their lunch breaks, people playing football, students discussing the ways of the world while skipping lessons, and the homeless. Oh, we don't know how how MC feels about the homeless. It's a good thing Chip isn't here. I mean, I think you get an idea of where my mindset was (laughs) back then. Oh, it makes me really unhappy. (laughs) Makes me really unhappy to think... hippies say that war is bad. (laughs) Oh, get a job, you long-haired beatnik. I don't like 16-year-old me. (laughs) In fact, the homeless were still around. They slept on benches, under trees, and beside some of the large statues that were scattered around the place. What MC was looking for was some form of entrance. 
No, that's not what it says. What MC was looking for was some form on entrance that would lead him down to the nest the warrior spoke about. The days when MC wished for a huge flashing neon sign with the words secret layer here were long gone. He had a little investigating to do, which bothered him immensely. All that was going through his mind was taking apart this nest, one rock-knuckled warrior at a time, before finding out why they had targeted Amy. I guess MC running off to do all this by himself as well mm. kind of leads into that sort of one-track mind set mm. that he has right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because normally he's relied on his friends so much and he's trusted them with a lot of things. Yeah, and... to an extent. I mean, there's definitely been times when it's been like, no, this is too dangerous, you stay behind, you're useless, especially you, Jay. <laughs> but this does seem especially so. Also, I know we've been doing this podcast for a long time, but does it feel like MC's been an arsehole for a very long time now? Yeah. 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 Quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Walking through the park, MC looked for any signs that the earth had been disturbed or any gigantic holes in the many trees. He searched for what seemed like hours and was about to start digging when something caught his eye. About 12 feet away from him was the huge statue of Achilles. It stood on a large stone platform, only something was different. As MC got closer to the statue, her saw that one side of the base was ajar. Almost... Like a door. Is there a big flashing light, neon <laughs> sign? Is there actually a huge statue of Achilles in Hyde Park? Yeah, there's a statue of Achilles in Hyde Park. Good I'd research. Been there. Ah. I'd, I'd been there. I didn't right. do research. I was playing off my life experience as MC <laughs> of going to Hyde Park and seeing all the hippies and yuppies <laughs> and homeless and being like, oh, I hate everyone. God. Suddenly, another warrior burst out from the base of the statue and ran towards MC. The ninja ducked underneath a swing from the warrior and stuck his foot onto its knee, causing it to snap. Ouch. MC's got a thing against knees at the moment, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I want to protect my daughter and the way to do that is to destroy everyone's knees. If people can't walk, they can't hurt the daughter. <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah. Swinging around, MC caught the warrior on its neck with his forearm, killing it with a crushed windpipe. He's got a much more brutal fighting style yeah. at the moment, hasn't he? It's very much sort of like, end it quick, I find. Mm. Well, unless you're torturing someone. Yeah. It's very much sort of like, snap their neck without even questioning yeah. what they're up to. You yeah. know, just like, boom, job done. Yeah. MC heard something coming from the door in the statue. But as the warrior tried to run out, MC was there, slamming their door shut on its body repeatedly until it no longer moved. Wow. Uh, as if to prove our point. <laughs> Jesus. It was obvious his presence had been alerted to the nest, meaning it would be well guarded. MC didn't know anything about these people slash demons, whatever they were. He didn't really care. He just wanted it over. Ooh, I feel like he's going to do more horrible violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think there's going to be a reveal when it turns out like the people were still... like? conscious and trapped Ooh. in the demon bodies or something like that oh god i love torturing my heroes you don't sure i do. oh god sorry i should put heroes in like quotation yeah. marks there well you see you mentioned a greek hero and they were always a bit more morally questionable That's and true. got tortured a lot so you're just referencing <laughs> the classics how i ripped off greek mythology <laughs> and mc fucks his mum <laughs> You just said that. <laughs> I sure did. Hey, Sue. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. This is fictional MC, not real MC. <laughs> Too late now. I'm going to cut that bit out. 
In fact, I might just like take like an edit from you speaking in the podcast. Like, I want to fuck my mum. <laughs> Stepping into the door, MC found himself at the top of a long set of stairs. They went down and were very steep. A wrong step would be catastrophic. There were small platforms after each set of stairs, and MC could already see three more people waiting for him on the first platform. They were smaller than the warriors, all around four foot each and held large wooden clubs. They were stripped to the waist and had a brown sack over their heads. They're really ugly. (laughs) What is going on here? It's like some sort of eyes wide shut kind of shit going on. Maybe they're priests. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. MC couldn't see any visible holes in the sacks where these things could see, but they had no trouble in dashing up the stairs to meet their uninvited guest. MC walked down the first few steps and easily dodged the first attacker, grabbing its club and knocking it back down the stairs, causing a bowling-like effect, taking out his two friends. One of them slipped off the side and fell, however deep it was, to the bottom, its yells echoing around the underground nest. This is quite a cool image. Like this sort of badass, uh, old boy-style fight, fighting down the stairs, chucking demon monks (laughs) down the stairs... I mean, it's not such a cool fight scene because he's just dodged and thrown someone and that's the end of it. But I, I like that It's he's... the beginning of a cool fight yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, all on take, you know. <laughs> oh, I love how much credit you're giving this. <laughs> Thank you for trying. I'm very imaginative. <laughs> MC carried on down the stairs, clubbing the remaining two attackers out of the way. They were in no way, shape or form a match for him, and he guessed that meant that whoever was behind the attack on the B&B earlier was seriously lacking in numbers. Oh, did they send all their warriors out to fight? <laughs> wow, they were not prepared, were they? <laughs> right, we have seven warriors. <laughs> or oh, wasn't it like a dozen, I think they said they sent? So. They sent a dozen. There was two more at the thing because they attacked MC, yeah. and three small blokes with sacks on their heads and wooden clubs. <laughs> Oh shit, oh, that's that over with then. <laughs> this could be a trap. And of course, uh, Shrek hasn't uh, smeared his shit over MC yet. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's luring MC in for. <laughs> Surprise shit attack. <laughs> After walking down a few more flights of stairs and platforms, MC looked over the edge and could just about make out the bottom of the nest. He could see a small figure frantically moving around, hurrying from one side of the bottom to the other. MC couldn't see clearly, but it looked like whoever it was had a date that it wasn't about to miss as it threw things into a large sack. I know whenever I go on a date, I always get a large sack and fill it with things. (laughs) Hello, I brought you a large sack. (laughs) And that's why I'll die alone. I've always said you have a large sack. (laughs) Me and my large sack. (laughs) This is why Chip's so good in bed. (laughs) What a weird thing. Oh, I'm so good in bed because I've got a large sack. (laughs) Where am I going with this? (laughs) Straight to the bedroom. (laughs) Alone. The figure paused and looked up. MC was sure he'd been spotted, but he didn't care. I am too late. The faint voice called up. You may have defeated my master, but you shall never know our name. I hope he doesn't have knees. (laughs) What's MC's like? Master, what are you... Yeah, you've got. A, wait, your master was the guy. You'll never find out the name of our master, <laughs> Jerry, he who was, lives at. <laughs> he was the third one in the sack. <laughs> it went back to hurrying around. MC, knowing by the time he ran down the remaining flight of stairs, the figure would probably have escaped. Throwing his coat down, MC stood on the edge of the stairs, looking straight ahead. 
Why is he taking his coat off? Because it's cool. Is it? Don't know. Is he going to get make, naked? Make it easier to like drop and land and roll and all that sort of stuff, maybe. But surely the coat's extra padding? Yeah, but it might get in the way. Like, his more manoeuvrability. <laughs> all right, I don't okay. know. It's dramatic. <laughs> then he took his pants off. <laughs> Still dramatic, right? <laughs> MC stood on the edge of the stairs, looking straight ahead. His next step took him over the edge, and he began to fall. The rush of air blinded MC momentarily, and he had to rely on his well-trained senses... Ninja senses. <laughs> ...to pick a landing spot. He missed it ever so slightly, landing awkwardly on his shoulder. On his should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it when you fall and you land on your should. Oh, I've got such a sore should. <laughs> oh, I can't deny it, darling. I've got a bad should. I know I've got a large sack. <laughs> Luckily, the role he went into took most of the fall and he wasn't too badly injured. I mean, if he had a coat on, he probably would have been better off. <laughs> Just saying. He quickly regained his feet and looked up at the stunned figure who moments earlier had been below him. You! Shirak growled. Bench! No! Bill! Nah! Jay! It's not books, is it? Gav asked. Um. No. The pair were sitting in a child's wooden train that sat in the early learning section of the library. Alright, okay, I think that's quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is amusing. <laughs> Louise had left them about ten minutes ago after they had broken in to find the books that may shed some light on the warriors who had attacked them earlier. Oh, she's off to the occult section with all their listed demon volumes. (laughs) Now that's what I call Demon (laughs) 7. Isn't that a CD? Yeah, but it's still funny. Shut up. (laughs) Dummy's Guide to Demons. (laughs) Oh, that would have been much better. Right, I'm just going to cut that and say it was my joke. (laughs) They'd gotten bored and started a game of I Spy. It is, isn't it? We're in a library and your bee is freaking books. It's not books. So what is it? Oh yeah, like I'm going to fall for that one. Um, Louise said as she appeared in front of them. Now children, if you could raise your voices a little more as I don't think the police quite heard us. Oh, now she's worried about the police. <laughs> seventh time she's broken into the library and she's like, oh, the police might not like this. <laughs> Hang on, is this illegal? <laughs> there was a bit where I thought she was going to tell them off for being loud in the library. Like, Shh. <laughs> oh, oh, that would have been so much better. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to go back and yeah. edit this. Yeah. She held a stack of books in her arms and was obviously struggling with the weight. Because she's a woman. <laughs> Gav stood, ignoring his game of I Spy, for now. They sat the books down on a table in the middle of the room. Jay joined them. So what have we got here? He asked as he picked up one of the books. The usual myths and legends, your average demons, folklore and mysteries of the unexplained. Almost as if they knew we were coming, Gav commented. It does seem a little odd that they happen to have these books. They haven't been checked out much. Ooh, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of bullshit explanation as in the occult library followed them from Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or something. Maybe they know that there are ninjas around and they want to sort of... Maybe it's Giles from Buffy. Oh, I wish it was Giles from Buffy. He'd be such a ray of light in this shit show. Oh, I love Giles. Or possibly it's just me trying to be a bit meta and just be like, haha, there's a, a cult section. Haha. That's true. That too. What a wanker. <laughs> it does seem a little odd that they happen to have these books. They haven't been checked out much. This one has. Jay held his book open and showed it to Gavin Louise. Just the last week. <laughs> just Jay's <Ayla>. Italian <laughs> expression. Everyone uh, just spaghetti. <laughs> he continued to scan the pages. Okay. This is a little strange. We know, Jay. That's what we were just saying. 
No, look! He laid the book on the table to show Louise and Galf the fact that the book was completely empty. The pages remained, but they were blank. No text. Louise opened up another book, and it was exactly the same. She scanned the remaining books, and they were all devoid of information. Ooh. Huh. Some sabotage going on here? Is this She-Rack, or is this something else? Hmm. I'll go and check the rest. Louise got up. Gav closed one of the books and opened up the first page, checking the date stamp at the front. The last few weeks again! He and Jay exchanged a worried look. Maybe they did know we were coming! Dropping the book, the pair ran over to Louise. Ooh, is this a trap, or is it like just getting rid of information so they can't find out more? Maybe, I, yeah, I was wondering if this was She-Rack's doing, who knew they broke into the library often. Yeah. Uh, or if this is something else. Ooh, do we have another mysterious big bad? Maybe, maybe. Well, we, no, we know we do, because it's um, Shrek's boss. Well, we we don't know that. We know that Shrek, She-Rack, has yeah. a, a kid's name, right? Uh, we don't want to get sued. Um... <laughs> Does have a boss. Yeah. Uh, so there's a possibility that's going to be the big bad. But then was also we've got Mrs. Lansbury, who was around. We haven't seen them true, since true, true. the end of uh, episode two, I think. Yeah. But there's potential there for either of those. Maybe they'll team up. Ooh. He was wobbly, but able to stand. MC didn't want anyone else to know he was hurting, especially the thing standing in front of him. That'll be the male pride coming back in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't be it. I'm a bloke, can I? It looked different to the warriors from earlier, and the things that attacked him on the way down. It looked like it had a higher status. It spoke. Ah, oh, good evening, Shirak said. It was. MC replied. Up until the point me and my friends were attacked in our home and my daughter was nearly kidnapped. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that? As a matter of fact, I would. You see, that was my master. Your master... What? It's a really reasonable question from MC. He's like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Your master... what? Plan. Yeah, see, you are a ninja of the cool claw, and I... Shut the hell up! MC interrupted. God, I hate this part where you have to talk. In all honesty, I really don't give a crap about who you are and what your beef is with me. But if you insist of moving that <laughs> hole in your face, you better do it to tell me why you came after my daughter. One track mind, he mm. just wants to kill the thing. Shirak seemed to think about his position for a few seconds. Then we're going to have a problem, as that is one thing I cannot tell ye. With lightning quick speed, MC had Shirak by the throat. He hoisted him high into the air, but the priest didn't gag once. Ha ha ha, you'd kill a man at the cloth. Shirak laughed. Anyone who lays a finger on Amy will... Amy, what a lovely name. Did you choose it? I was it, your dead girlfriend? With one hand, MC slammed Shirak hard against the floor, following up with his knee, which landed on the priest's chest. This time, he did gag. I'm going to give you five minutes to live. If you're lucky, you'll be dead for four of them. Why, Amy? She's a special girl, that one. Destined for a big future. I plan for her to be an Oxford graduate. <laughs> oh. I started a trust fund. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. MC just proud dad in it in the middle of this confrontation. I don't know, it's kind of overbearing. Like, she's a baby, it's like she's going to go to Oxford, she's going to double in mathematics and physics. <laughs> but to be fair, if your daughter was like, destined to be an angel, would you be like, yeah, you're fine, just go work in shoe zone, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> I plan for her to be an Oxford graduate. Tell God your plans, ninja, and he'll laugh at you. Shirak smirked. Oh yeah? Who's your God? 
I answer to me higher powers. They got a name? Ah, probably. Even if I did know, you don't think I'd be telling you. Then let's start with what you do know. Tell me something about Amy. Oh, I could tell you everything. Wouldn't that be nice? To know why your daughter was her? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Presumably here. Yeah. Ah, wouldn't that be nice? To know why your daughter was her? Why a life had to be taken for her to live? I know everything. Again, MC gripped the throat of Shirak, squeezing. The priest started to laugh uncontrollably. (laughs) You know, for a minute, I actually believed myself there. MC looked confused, so Shirak explained. Ah, the priest before me, they failed in their master plans. I was brought up to believe in evil and what the higher powers taught us. Only, I never did. The war they rage has no appeal to me. I'm just very competitive. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to play Scrabble with me. (laughs) I've got to beat that darn donkey. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do this job better than anyone before me. And thanks to you, I've succeeded. Slowly, MC began to realise. This was never about Amy, was it? He said... Congratulations, that is correct. We are not part of the machine that destroys the world. We are merely the ones who grease the wheels. My master was all about you, Mr. MC. How are you, Mr. MC? (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. (gasps) My God, it is getting meta. I predicted the future for when we recorded this as a podcast to rip the shit out of this piece of crap that I wrote all those years ago. Are you a demon with a <laughs> questionable Scottish accent? And a large sack. No, I've got none of those things. A shadow has crept over your soul. I wanted to see it become an eclipse. To see how far you would react. To measure what extreme lengths you would go to. Oh, in the name of your daughter. Shirak suddenly grabbed MC's hands and whispered into his ear. My master was a success. I feel like you have to be very competitive to be willing to die so your master plan can be completed. Thing is, is I'm quite, com- you know, you know me, I'm quite competitive when it comes to games yeah, and yeah. everything in life. Yeah. I would totally do this. You really would, yeah. <laughs> like, I would die knowing I won. What's a way to go? The best way. That's how I want to go. Winning everything. <laughs> and I like how normally, you know, the... The whole uh, priest sacrificing its life for its master plan is it would normally be because of its faith. Yes, it's, it's um, uh, I can't think of the word. Cool. Um, yeah, the word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sacrifice? Uh, no, like um, uh, further religious further. Um, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> you just want to move on. Yeah. <laughs> It's different to what it normally would be. There is. I did quite enjoy. I hesitate to call it a twist. Yeah. But it kind of, kind of is. That's what it I was is, going it for. Is. At least, it's not you know. what I expected. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it seemed obvious that it was going to be about Amy. I Yeah. I expected some another dumb prophecy where like the blood of the unloved angel baby yeah. must be spilt for <laughs> bad things to happen. Yeah. Or they just wanted to eat it. Yeah. Or uh, shit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I like that. 
it seems to be like Shirak is like, oh fuck my masters, I don't give a shit. Like yeah. his life was, he's almost like a rebel in a way because his yeah. life was, he was a priest, so he had to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had to be in this line of work, so he had a master, but he just wanted to fuck with it. Yeah, and just to kind of fuck the system, I guess, in a way. Yeah, and also we expected, like as the reader expected it to be about Amy because she's an angel. Yes, but it was solely because she's is MC's daughter. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if he was an angel or not. Yes, yeah. And he kind of did so much research, he knew how MC would react to everything that he's yeah. kind of thrown. The werewolves yeah. and the warriors and stuff. Did they have anything to do with the werewolves? Yeah, they did. They yes. Did. The inflatable yeah, yeah. werewolves. The inflatable werewolves. Yeah, that was part of his master. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the inflatable werewolves. <laughs> how, how much have you been smoking, Shirak? <laughs> and then the rubber zombies will go in. <laughs> But it's interesting to see how MC's going to react to this then, knowing he's been sort of coerced into acting this way. Yeah. Yeah, is he going to sort of go against that and sort of try to redeem himself a little bit? Or is that all part of Shirak's master, <laughs> the double bluff? Oh, my God. His plan is to make MC, like, really nice. <laughs> he's actually the good guy. Shirak's the good guy. He's rebelling against his evil masters yeah, by being yeah. really good. Ah. It's not that. No, no. it's not. Despite the fact Louise had her jacket down up rightly, what? And Gav had both his arms around her, she could still feel the chill of London's autumn air on the way in. Her, Gav and Jay were walking back to the B&B. Do you reckon we'll ever have a normal life? Jay suddenly asked. What do you mean? Louise replied. I was just thinking, we've been fighting evil for, what, four years now? Do you ever remember what it was like to have a normal life? Define normal. Average nine to five job, seeing friends at the weekend, going to gigs, seeing films. Jay, you've never had that. You've known all about that otherworldly stuff all your life? Gav asked. I just realised that yeah, Louise is probably saying about him having friends. That's oh. what he doesn't know about. Oh no. Oh, your mind is so twisted. What has this series <laughs> done to you? Damn you, Shirak. <laughs> it's all Shirak's fault. You've known about all the otherworldly stuff all your life? Gav asked. No, Louise answered. He was just mega rich before he met us. Gav looked at Jay, who looked sort of proud. He quickly went back to looking pensive. But that was normal, for me anyways. I work for my dad. He just happened to be a millionaire. Me, on the other hand, I was such a fantastic secretary, <laughs> fresh out of university, when I got a job with your firm. She went to university to be a secretary. <laughs> it, like, I don't mean to be rude. Or anything. Is that a real thing? I, or, there were definitely like secretarial courses. I wonder if... She might have done something else. Like a and business then, course at uni or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, yeah, and then got a job as a secretary with like this big firm. Yeah, to work her way up yeah. and stuff like that. Though it's okay if you don't... If you remain a secretary, there's nothing wrong with being a secretary. No, I know, but... It's better than the job we have. Yeah, way better. <laughs> oh, you work for a multi-million pound national corporation and loads of money. A national, but not a local one. <laughs> no, they're all corrupt. Oh, okay, right. Me, on the other hand, I was such a fantastic secretary, fresh out of university, when I got a job with your firm. What about you? Louise looked at Gav. How long have you been abnormal? <laughs> it's a question I've wanted to ask Gav for a very what? long time. What do you mean? There's nothing abnormal about me. How long have you had ADHD? <laughs> Quite a while. He said after thinking about it for a few minutes. Minutes. <laughs> Just stood there in silence the whole time with Louise and Jay looking at him. Like, He's going to say something soon. 
Did you have a point anyway, Jay? Yes, I did. It was, well, since we've all adopted this kind of life, it's become normal to us, right? Both Louise and Gav nodded. Then why does this whole thing, Amy, moving to London, those books being sucked dry, etc., feel so strange? No one could answer. The gang carried on home. So there is something sort of going on here. Yeah. There's been a general sort of weirdness to the opening of this season. And I know it's kind of like, you know, they've moved to London. They've got this ridiculous notion of running a and b and still trying to fight evil. And MC is all caught up in protecting Amy, yeah, grieving yeah, yeah, for the loss yeah, yeah. of Tifa. So it's that sort of stuff going on. But there has just been this overall, overall sense of weirdness. Inflatable and... werewolves. <laughs> Outside of the usual bollocks that I write. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Do you think, is it part of she plan or is there something else here? That's a point. I mean, Shirak's plan, from what he said, is just to basically turn MC evil. Mm. But so yeah, maybe it will. Maybe it's part of the big bad, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, because again, we we've kind of speculated about what we think the big bad of the season is mm. going to be. Because mm. in other seasons, it's kind of come about quite early. You know, mm. we we knew Jack and Lee were the bad guys mm-hmm. from the first paragraph or something. Mm. Uh, Chip going evil was revealed pretty soon, mm-hmm. and then obviously Harato and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although we sort of dripped things about Mr. Johnson throughout, yeah, yeah. that was kind of revealed quite early with the Tokyo Police Force and the SWAT and stuff. So yeah. it's interesting that we haven't really planted too many seeds or maybe yeah. a couple that we're not sure where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to be really good for this season or really bad. I wonder when. <laughs> <laughs> MC didn't look back at the beaten, bloody and dead corpse of the priest, but he left blood-stained footprints as he exited the next underneath Hyde Park. What? Next. The next underneath Hyde Park. Also, nest. dead corpse. Must be nest. Oh, yeah, must be nest. Oh, yeah, dead corpse dead is corpse. a bit redundant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be an alive one. <laughs> dead corpse, next underneath Hyde Park. And the whole time, Shirek is like, I'm winning, though. I won. <laughs> Ow. I won. He's like waving a tiny flag. Let's have a party, Papa. Shirek's dead. Yeah. All of our Scottish fans will be pleased about that. <laughs> Possibly Irish, which I think I went into quite a bit yeah, as well. It was a hybrid. Yeah. I'm sorry, all of our friends from the other nations. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> For all of this, everything. The huge old stove at the back of the B&B hadn't been used in years until the gang had bought the property. But rather than use it to cook, it had been given a new lease of life as a demon body burner... <laughs> They're not going to cook the free meals on that, are they? Oh, oh a DVD. <laughs> oh, that's going to drive the price up of this property. Thankfully, we took it for free. Oh, so they're back to burning bodies. Yeah, yeah. I guess the whole maybe they can't give demon bodies to the morgue, just human. Yeah, they just they kept the heads. They gave those to the morgue. Do you think this is what Jay was on about when he was saying about how this wasn't quite as normal as it had been? <laughs> Jay and Gav lifted the last of the worries bodies into the furnace and closed the door. I really hope this never feels normal. Jay said as he headed upstairs, longing for his bed. There you go, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, they must have disposed of a lot of demon bodies over the years. They had to get rid of the SWAT, didn't they? And also, they like, even just throw throw away demons sort of sprinkled throughout the episodes. They would have had to get rid of them somehow, presumably. I think we've had this conversation before where we say, how does no one know there's loads of demons around yeah. when there's just demon bodies everywhere? So, so they so... must find a lot of old stoves everywhere. <laughs> I should write like a novelization, which is just the aftermath of all their fights and how they get rid of all the bodies. <laughs> That sounds quite creepy. <laughs> now, luckily, they have a demon body burner. <laughs> Gav went into the living. Gav went into the living to find Louise sitting alone in the dark. Hey, he said softly. <laughs> you coming to bed? Yeah, in a minute. When Gav left, Louise finished wiping the tears from her eyes. 
She picked up her magazine from the side and knocked something off. As she picked it up, she noticed it was the letters addressed to MC from the morning. Ooh. Oh, he has yeah. some unopened letters, haven't we? And he just put them to the side and it was kind of never mentioned again. Yeah. She left them on the reception desk before joining Gav in their room. It's just pizza menus, though. <laughs> there were some fancy headstones in the graveyard. Even a few what looked to be temples for the rich that had died. Oh, I love those kind of... Uh, Big fancy gravestones. Yeah, that mausoleums like a, or whatever they're yeah, called. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want one of those. I want to die winning and then be buried in one of those. <laughs> and it just says, you suck on it. <laughs> <laughs> MC has spent a fair bit of time in graveyards, taking out vampires, zombies and various other demons. But he hadn't come for a fight on this particular evening. He knelt down by a plain grey headstone and placed his head on the top of it. Hey. He said softly. He didn't feel stupid about talking to himself even if he didn't feel alone in the cemetery. Closing his eyes, MC felt the name on the top of the headstone. Tifa Lockhart. Any room in there for another one? You know, every morning when I wake up, I still expect you to be there. You think I'll be used to the fact that you won't ever be by now? MC bowed his head slightly, holding back the tears in his eyes. Because men don't cry. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't love her. <sighs> Oh no! <laughs> I've been saying this oh, all along. No. It is you <laughs> for different reasons. Though. For different oh, reasons. Oh no! I can't do it. I can't love her. She took you away from me, and every time I look into her eyes, I just want to hold you again. I know her father should never say this about his daughter, but if Amy hadn't been born, he paused, looking for the right words. Then I wouldn't be the person I am now. MC Duma went when you did. Now I don't care about anything. My friends, our new failing business, being a ninja, being a dad. I don't want any of it anymore. I wonder, if you could see me now, would I still be a hero in your eyes? Perhaps it's best I don't know the answer to that one. MC stood, his hand still on the headstone. I'm going to go now and keep this false smile going. He's really not doing a good job of that. No. <laughs> False smile. No, he's not putting on a brave face, he's is he? He's really not. No. Uh, wow. So, a bit of insight into how MC's feeling there. Yeah. 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 I feel it's good, though, because, like, well, it's obviously not good, but it's a good bit of character development. Like, a, uh, you know, he, he has this association of Amy, you know, obviously, she, Tifa did have to die for Amy to be alive and mm -hmm. not just skipping over that. And being like, oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm totally over that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think it kind of leads into the idea that MC is still desperate to protect Amy, but only because it's like the last piece of Tifa he has. Yeah. He doesn't see it. He doesn't see Amy. As me saying it now. Yeah. It's Amy as his daughter. Or as, as a being. Even. Yeah. It's my last piece of the woman I love. Yeah. And that's all I've got left of her. Yeah. That's. Kind of interested. Again, it's I don't good. like to praise this and, at no, all. It's, it's a good twist on the... Well, it's not even a twist. It's a different... It, we, we thought that MC was going evil, but yeah, it's like his... Is this the best written episode of Tomorrow Gation <laughs> in the history of it? <laughs> Impossible. There aren't any inflatable werewolves. Uh, but no, it's, it's good that it's not just like, okay, time for this ninja to go evil now. Yeah, I think, again, um, I think... I may have said this at the start of, or the end of the last season, but this is me trying, I think, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, I'm a bit older here, 16, 17, 
you know, the as dumb and as ridiculous and as poorly spelt and the grammar's terrible and everything is, apart from all of that, mm-hmm. you, there is a conscious effort for me to try and try and turn this joke that we started yeah. out with to into something that's a bit yeah. more serious. So, hey, you tried. Two thumbs up, Chip. You tried. Stop it- hating people, though. Yeah, get over it. Get some counselling. <laughs> God, you should have done that a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> the sun was just starting to rise as MC entered the B&B. He had been out all night, walking and thinking. It only seemed to confuse things even more. He leant on the reception desk, yawning. MC saw the unopened letters from the previous day. Sitting in the living room, MC scanned the bills quickly, noting how much and how long until the B&B was repossessed. Jesus, it's only been open like a day. <laughs> well, we, it was kind of shady how they managed to get the B&B it's true. to begin with. <laughs> so you stole this building. <laughs> this old lady's family, who she left it to, want it back. There was one more letter. The address handwritten to MC. Opening the letter, a small white piece of paper fell out. MC picked it up off the floor and opened it out. In blank ink, it simply read, The Apocalypse. Are you ready? Right on cue. MC said as he slipped the letter back into its envelope. And that's where we're going to leave Baby Blues Part 2. Ooh, mysterious letter. Mm. The apocalypse. Oh, good, another apocalypse. I haven't <laughs> had one of those in a while. But I do like MC's reaction, where it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, again. It's not even that. Like, there's not even that much anger put yeah. towards it. It's just kind of... Expected. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. no surprise. It's just so worn out yes. and tired. It's just like, well, yeah, He's sure. just like, and it, it kind of reads that he doesn't care. Yeah. It's just like, oh, whatever. If yeah. it ends, it ends. You yeah, know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of worrying if he's the one person that can stand against it. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like MC is pretty close to breaking, whether it's something happening to Amy or just, like we said before, you know, he doesn't think of of Amy as, like, a a being by Mm -hmm. herself. It is just an extension of Tifa. Yeah. And if his, his connection with that is broken or fades, then won't give a fuck about anything. It's just, it's just apathy at the moment, isn't yeah. it? There's just nothing else there. So we've got some interesting character development with MC going on. Yeah. Uh, we've got Jay kind of noting how things are a bit weird, yeah. moment, even for them. And then we've had this mysterious letter come through to warn. I mean, it could be a warning or is it someone gloating? It's like a Harato kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, we're going to turn up at the mansion at this time and attack you. Yeah. Um, but the apocalypse yeah. is coming. Are um, you ready? No. No. I haven't Don't give a shit, mate. <laughs> I haven't got a large sack. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to fight all the supernatural evil and run a hotel business. <laughs> you don't know the stress I'm under. <laughs> so lots of mysteries to unravel, MC. Um, things we've hinted about: is it going to be Shirax uh, gods or whoever the heck they were? Or yeah. I doesn't think it's, I don't think Mrs. Lansbury's an apocalypse kind of thing. No, it seems more localized. Yeah, I think that will come back. Yeah, but this is. I think. Oh God, stop praising it. But like. Lots of seeds have been sown in these early yeah. episodes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of curious to see what the hell I'm going to try no, and do with same, them. absolutely. And it'll probably be shit, <laughs> but at least it'll be semi-interesting shit that we can smear. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't finish that sentence. But if you've got any theories as to what the big bad is going to be for this season, did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash howiripped no, that's not. Don't go there. You won't reach us if you try and go to that Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com/slash How I Ripped Off Podcast. 
And we are on Twitter at How I Ripped Off. Oh, aren't we saying this in a lovely manner now? And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes and YouTube. And if you want to <laughs> praise us for how well the character development has occurred, <laughs> oh, I feel people bad. have emotions <laughs> other than being angry or broody. Uh, yes, you can leave us a review, um, and it would make even MC feel better. <laughs> MC needs a connection to this world, and ratings and reviews on social media pages are the <laughs> only thing he has. Did you know, if you leave us a five-star review on any of those platforms, MC starts to love his daughter? <laughs> hey, should we see what next week's episode is called, MC? Let's... Next week's episode is called... My December. Sounds like an emo band. Oh, it's the name of a Linkin Park song. Oh, close enough. (laughs) So I'm sure there'll be more emotions (laughs) and anger. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. (laughs)